All right, here we are with another episode of the Crystal Coast Podcast. This was actually my very first episode that I've recorded uh, having a conversation with a Crystal Coast business owner. Uh, To be perfectly honest, I was pretty nervous. Uh, My biggest fear was I wouldn't actually record the conversation and go home to listen to it to find absolutely nothing. Good news, I've listened to this a few times. I definitely recorded it. And I also made a lot of notes uh, critiquing myself, and I'm excited to get a lot better Hopefully none of you will notice some of the things that I picked up on, but even if you do, it's my first time. I've never done this before and I'm excited to grow with it. And um, so in this episode, I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Jeff Adams and Ann Gordon of Black Sheep and Beaufort. Coincidentally, we talked on their five-year anniversary. So first, huge congratulations to them for hitting a, an important milestone in, in business being open five years is not as common as I think most people realize. It's hard to make it that long. And one of the things that we realize also in those five years is they have not only survived, but they have thrived during hurricanes and a pandemic to get them to that five plus years. And one of the other things I think you'll also notice from them is that they take a lot of pride in offering North Carolina products and high quality products while also keeping the guest experience at the top of their priority list. All those things combined are just a super good recipe for a successful business. And I think their comments on all those things will will prove that to be true as well. A um, couple of quick notes. Black Sheep was closed during the interview and we just hung out at the bar. Um, no beers this time, but we just hung out and the phone rang uh, while Ann was talking around the seven minute mark or so. so we did pause it, didn't take too long, but we just kind of let the phone ring, do its thing. And then we picked up after the um, call had ended. So there is a little bit of a shift in conversation that doesn't sound super fluid, but you didn't miss anything. I promise it was just a change in the conversation. So I hope everyone enjoys the conversation we had and here we are. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Crystal Coast Podcast. I'm Michael Zangle, and I'm joined today by Jeff Adams, owner of Black Sheep and The Green Room here in Beaufort, and also Ann Gordon, owner of The Bodega here in Beaufort. Right at the waterfront, we're on a beautiful day overlooking the water, and uh, I'm really excited to have you guys on the show. Thank you. We're Thank excited you. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to hang out for a little bit, talk a little bit about uh, some of your personal history, some of your business experiences, and then really get into what makes Black Sheep unique. Um, Jeff. Black Sheep. What is Black Sheep? And it's a unique name. So just start off telling us what does Black Sheep serve and um, what makes it really special? Uh, Black Sheep is a brick oven pizza joint that we have um, uh, our scratch kitchen. Everything in the uh, kitchen is uh, comes in fresh and we make it in-house. The um, pizza sandwiches fresh made desserts and uh, salads, uh, some seafood from time to time, specials, usually every day with soups and uh, a mac and cheese. We call it a loaded mac and cheese. I've had it. It's fantastic. <laughs> and um, that uh, sums up pretty simple menu, but um, I think we, uh, we believe in uh, authentic, uh, ingredients, our flowers from um, Italy, our uh, San Mars uh, tomatoes are from Italy. We get imported um, our Serrano ham from Spain. 
and a lot of imported meats from Italy, Spain, and um, and I think when you start with when you start working with good ingredients, the uh, end result is pretty good. That's incredible. I really like that. We're we'll dive more into that shortly. And then what about the green room? What's the green room? Green Room is a craft cocktail bar, and we serve um, food from Black Sheep over there, but it also is kind of Beaufort's um, living room. We have wonderful couches and gathering areas. We have a wood-burning fireplace, which is great in the wintertime, and we handcraft um, cocktails one at a time. We make our own syrups, we do our own infusions, um, and it's just a great gatherings place for folks. Now, where is that in relation to Black Street? In relationship to Black Sheep, it is two doors down within the same building. It's separated by the bodega. Now, that speaking of the bodega, that is a third aspect of your guys' building. Uh, what is the bodega? The bodega is um, it's a local provision store. So we've got beer, wine, great gifts, um, snacks, anything you need to go out on the boat. Um, and have a good time. There's a um, element of um, frivolity as well as um, good cards. We try to have um, food for charcuterie, a hostess gifts, kind of a catch-all, really. So you guys are busy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Not one, but three businesses you guys are operating at a time throughout the year. Um, I'll definitely dive more into those businesses shortly, but let's hear more about you guys. Jeff, how long have you lived on the Crystal Coast. I've been here about 20 years. I came from Raleigh. I was doing developing and uh, real estate, commercial real estate in Raleigh. Um, <clears throat> came down here uh, developing actually this building. And um, we did that for a while, rented out these spaces that we were, that Black Sheep Bodega and the Green Room is in. We rented that out for uh, 15 years, and um, and then um, um, I lost my mind and opened up a restaurant. So I was going to say the restaurant business is like up there with the most risky businesses you can get going in. Yeah. So did you have previous restaurant experience as like a busboy or a server somewhere, or you just go brand new into it? No, I worked in restaurants a little bit. I was a bartender for a while, way back. I. Um, I've had a lot of friends in the industry, and I've been a landlord of several restaurants and uh, manage some uh, properties at restaurants. And you, so you guys, so you own the real estate of all three businesses. Yes, that's awesome. That's got to be a great long-term option for you guys from a sustainability business standpoint. Hope so. Stabilizes your income. Stabilizes your one of your costs. One of your biggest costs is your your rent or right. mortgage. So that's a great way to stabilize. That's really great. Right. And when did you per first purchase the building? In 2002. Okay. The, what was it before you purchased it? It was a um, two story, 300 seat restaurant. Um, that was similar when it was built in 1980. It was similar to what um, sanitary or something like that. Big, gotcha. you know, fried food, um, had two kitchens, one upstairs, one downstairs. Um, we bought it, I bought it in um, 02. We took off the uh, roof and added a third floor, put two condos upstairs, ended up with five condos on the second and third floor, 
and then separated the downstairs into three retail units. That's it's really incredible how you had the foresight to kind of take that over and then over time develop each individual space to meet your needs at the time. Did you go to college for like business or planning or something totally out of the world? Did you go to college, military? No, I missed college. And uh, I, um, you know, just been working all my life, so. That's incredible. That's really cool. I think it's, you're seeing, especially post pandemic, people are looking at college drastically differently as do I really need it? What are my options if I don't go to college? So I think it's great to, for people to share that. That's not the only path. When I'm, I'm 34. So when I was in high school, it was, if you don't go to college, you're going to be living on the streets, basically. It was really pushed heavily. And with my family's business, Fuzzy Peach, we have a lot of high school, college students through the community college. And a lot of them are getting smart with how they're doing it. They're doing the community college route first, saving money. Um, and some are opting not to go to college at all. And they're finding paths to get where they want differently. So that's really cool. Well, I, I don't recommend not going to college. I just, uh, it just didn't work out for me. So. Sure. And I think that's important to recognize that it's, it's not for everyone. There is a different way to go about doing it. And you've shown there's a way to be very successful without it, which is great. Uh, and how about yourself? Have you, how long have you been on the Crystal Coast and what brought you to Beaufort? Oh, I've been living here on and off since 2005. I worked for the North Carolina Outward Bound School um, and we did programming um, starting um, in the Outer Banks area, Shackleford up to Ocracoke doing um, a two week progression, um, working mainly with um, um, vets. Okay, so I was really fortunate to work here um, with my previous job and I made um, Beaufort my full-time um, home in 2013. That's really cool. Did you have, um, outside of teaching, did you have like any entrepreneurial experiences or restaurant experience before getting into the green room, the black sheep and the bodega? I was a chef for 17 years prior to um, working here. Um, but I have a food service management degree, so it always was my dream to have some sort of restaurant or bar or some job in the service industry. So that is, I'm really living my best life. So what business was first? Black Sheep, was that the original business yes. of the three? And when did you guys uh, start the planning process for that? And how long did it take you to get over? Started at 17. Um, I turned 60 in 2016, and uh, I uh, took a month and stayed in Spain for a whole month. And because I knew I was going to come back, open the restaurant, and I wouldn't be taking a vacation for it. It's going on five years. And, uh, but, um, but we were, we had thought about it. We were working on it. Um, the, uh, it was an existing, it was existing restaurant space. Uh, we completely remodeled it, um, and that took about three months, three or four months, actually. We opened on May 3rd in 2017, so about four months. And um, this was the first. Um, the, uh, there was a little gift store next door, and then there was a, another restaurant at the, in the third space. As their leases expired, we just expanded. Um, the 
uh, the green room was uh, is all is and always has been an extension of Black Sheep. It's just our separate cocktail bar. It's it's a popular theme, and in, uh, in other restaurants and you know around while we're traveling and everything, we, we noticed that people will have a craft cocktail bar next to the restaurant, even though you know, they're running. Um, and so we like the idea. We try we're trying that right now. It's been open about eight months. And the um, and also with the pandemic, um, we figured that uh, a place for people to come grab and go food and uh, a beer wine store. There wasn't one downtown, and there was a lot of needs for uh, needs for each one of these spaces in Beaufort. Uh, there, it needed to be a um, a pizza place on the water that's um, that served um, our style of pizza. Neapolitan style pizza, uh, brick oven, and we needed a, a convenience store. There used to be one across the street, but they closed, and there was a real need for that. And a cocktail bar. There was nothing in town, but you could get a craft cocktail at, at the time. Now there's a couple more. So. That's really cool. Did you see the brick oven, Neapolitan style pizza somewhere else that you're like, this would be a perfect fit where I am now in the building I have, or was it something you've had? How did that idea bring brick oven pizza to coastal Carolina on a waterfront? Normally people would expect, oh, another seafood restaurant or a spin on seafood of some kind, but you did pizza. How did that idea come about and uh, what made you confident it was going to be successful in this, in this town community? Well, when I was talking to some friends in the industry, in the restaurant business, um, they they kind of told me to investigate brick oven pizza, and um, uh, so I did. And we, I ate, I ate, I don't know, hundreds of pizza, and maybe just go in a place, order two or three pizzas, take two or three bites, and then go to another place uh, in Durham and in Raleigh, uh, Chapel Hill. Um, of course, when I was over in Spain, we were uh, there was different Italian restaurants over there. We hit so, um, but um, I was lucky enough after we decided that uh, something that uh, kind of galvanized it all. I was lucky enough to find a chef to come in for six months and get us up and running and starting. Um, great guy from Durham, uh, Mike Marone, and uh, first generation Italian all of his families from Italy and he, uh, he gets credit for the menu, the style, the original recipes. And, um, um, and, and he's one that, you know, to, you, you have to have this, you have to have the right, you have to have the right flour from Italy. You have to do this, you have to do that. And, um, the, in the style and, uh, his style and, uh, pizza making and everything, just, uh, we were lucky with that. And, um, uh, he, like I said, he was here six or seven months, got us up and running. We still talk on occasion, run stuff by him, and uh, he visits every once in a while. But So who's taking over the lead of, have you kept the menu exactly the same, or have you made adjustments? Who's well, kind of taken that yeah, over for yeah, you? Yeah, we're uh, making adjustments. I'm heavily involved in that. We've had uh, some manager, kitchen managers and chefs coming in and out. Can't get one to stick yet, but... Um, now, this is the important question. Who's the lead tester for the pizza? Like making sure the pizza is ready to go each day. Oh, yeah. I test everything. <laughs> I go, I walk through and they, I test, taste everything. You have to. Yeah, every morning. Yeah. 
Now, I noticed on the menu online, it specifically referenced the type of tomato you use. And you mentioned, or tell me again, what kind of tomato are you using and why are you importing it and not just getting it from your local food distributor? What makes that tomato so special? Oh, no, we get it through the distributor, but they get it. Um, gotcha. It's a San Mars, Marziano tomato, we call them San, San Mars. Um, the, um, it's just it's a, just a particular tomato that's grown in Italy. Um, it's, San Mars in Italy is a relatively small place. All the tomatoes don't come from there, but come from surrounding areas, and they all get labeled uh, San Mars tomatoes. Um, but that's a uh, it's just like all the other ingredients: the uh, the hams, the imported hams, the prosciutto, the supersata, the uh, the salamis. Everything that comes from um, it's just important where it comes from. Gotcha. And, That's great. Right. High quality ingredients. Yeah. Non GMO flour, non GMO tomatoes. So. Yeah. And the San Marzano tomatoes are grown um, on the foothills of Mount Vesuvius. So they actually have a certain minerality to it, which also is really good. And it's a really thick skinned tomato and not super juicy. So it makes for a very rich sauce. That's awesome. No not particularly sweet or where does it fall in that sweetness scale? not particularly sweet mm -mm. that's good no now i'm looking behind you guys we're sitting at the bar for those of you that can't see us but we're sitting at the bar and the over uh jeff and ann's shoulders i can see the oven this thing is huge it looks incredible how'd you get that in the building uh, i took out two windows and part of a wall no big deal no big deal just like a normal tuesday like yeah. we'll just open up a wall a couple windows carry in a pizza oven right right it weighs um 4,000 pounds, two tons. And um, uh, yeah, we uh, we brought it in and had to break it in a certain way. There's an Italian gentleman in California that makes them. He makes his own brick. It's uh, completely brick domed inside. And um, um, searched around and found this oven and um, been happy with it. Now, how hot do you cook those? How high? What's the heat you get those cranked up to be? And then, how long does it take to cook one of your pizzas typically? Uh, if the oven's running at uh, at full temperature, which is 750, 750 to eight hundred, uh, it doesn't take more than about it's less than five minutes to cook the pizza. That's awesome. If that's all you got going on, right? So you got a it's a big it's a dance of keeping them moving from front to back and uh but if you just have one piece in there you can get it out pretty fast gotcha. so if i was a new employee through me i'm on the i'm making the pizzas mm -hmm. how long do you think it would take a normal person to get used to turning them figuring out how long it needs to be in there when's done when's burnt not ruining all your all your pizzas what's a normal uh, it, like, it depends on the person um uh, some people are, are relatively uh picks it up relatively fast and uh it's just a time management and paying attention because you turn around for one second somebody comes up and asks me a question or something you know you're gonna burn something so one of the reason i ask one of the reasons i ask is you we got we got from, <laughs> I have, this is enough Can't have ADD here. <laughs> no i um we got for, my parents got us for christmas one of those uni pizza ovens have oh, you guys yeah. seen these mm -hmm. we are not good at it <laughs> We've had a lot of trouble just getting the pizza in the oven. We thought it was going to be no big deal. We got our dough. We got our. We got all the stuff we want in there. We got our. Uh, got to try to get the pizza into the on the stone. Couldn't even get that thing off. Half the pizza was burned. Half of it was raw. Uh, we I'll had Jersey you. Mike's for dinner that night. <laughs> it was not a huge success. I'll give you some pointer before you leave. 
All right. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, what else about the menu makes you guys unique? I saw some really unique pizzas in there. When I came, so I came with my family at the beginning of April for the first time. We tried coming during the flotilla uh, in December. That wasn't happening. There was a long wait, busy, tons of people around, of course. But we made it back, um, finally found some free time to come down in April. And it was awesome. We, my wife and I each got our own pizzas. My son got his cheese pizza. Tried to convince him to get something a little different, a little more exciting. He just wanted his cheese and he was happy as can be. But there was really unique stuff. The one I had was the pizza with, um, I believe I had pulled pork, mm-hmm. uh, jalapenos. Was it, is it red onion or caramelized onion? It's, uh, it's a, a red onion, raw red onion on the pizza. It's got uh, mild cherry peppers, it's got jalapenos. Uh, it's one of my favorites too. Uh, the pork comes from Heritage Farm, which is a local producer. They, um, and we, we, we roast the pork in-house for the pulled pork pizza, and it goes on the uh, Cuban as well. That's another example of, you know, buying good ingredients. You know, it's more expensive. The, the Heritage Farm is, is more expensive, but it's a, you can taste the difference. It was fantastic. Really, really impressed. I'm not, I was a little worried, like, never had a pizza like this. You know, you've had, you know, chicken on there, different, like, basic meat ingredients, but I've never had such a complex pizza with so much flavor and um my wife had one was it maybe something with um like a pesto bishop. the bishop yeah it's probably a, yeah it's a arugula pesto and it's cooked um without cheese i mean besides some droppings of uh, a novellini type mozzarella and then uh tomatoes and then the big thing about the uh, the bishop is it's finished with uh, dressed arugula on top, and we put the serrano ham around the uh, arugula and shave the uh, fresh parm. Another thing, we get our parm from Italy, and we we grade, hand grate it all on the pizza when they're finished. So yeah, you can definitely notice the higher quality than, and nothing wrong with your local pizza place. I love local pizza places. We're probably a once a week pizza family. But you can definitely notice it's an elevated pizza. It's, it's using really high quality stuff, like you've mentioned uh, several times. I think it's really worth the cost of a, you know, it's definitely more than a normal everyday pizza or a Domino's. Like, but you're you're coming here for a, expecting a higher quality stuff. And what is your favorite pizza to get here? Oh, that's like asking like, who your favorite yep, child that's is. That's exactly um, right. We okay. ask the hard questions yeah. here. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to go with the Pedro. Why? One, it's named after one of our former dishwashers, Pedro, and uh, another staff member developed it um, with with Pedro of all of their favorite ingredients. So it's a white sauce based. It has a, a balsamic swirl on top of it with some cherry tomatoes and mushrooms and speck. And it is it is Sounds like awesome. the perfect bite. So you've got the sweet, the salty, the savory and the crunch of the pizza. So it's really, that's probably my favorite. What pizza is usually like your number one selling pizza? So if someone's like never had it before, they want like what the most popular one is. Do you have pepperoni a- is our number just one Just pepperoni seller. standard. Not too adventurous, some folks. Right. Oh, but it's very good. Yeah, of course. Oh, I have no <laughs> it is, doubt. It's really good. And we put caramelized onions on it. Yeah. And that just elevates sure. it right there. So you just have another flavor Those little things. Mm-hmm. Those little things. Really cool. And then you do a number of other menu items. And I'm also sitting here at the bar looking at your tap beer choices. 
And from here, correct me if I'm wrong, they're all North Carolina beers. Right. Here at Black Sheep, we do all North Carolina on draft except for Guinness. We'll always have Guinness on draft. That's awesome. Um, Why did you guys choose to do North Carolina beers? What was your motivate? Was it just to support local breweries or? They're tasty. Is, they're good. They're good. good. I'm seeing some shortway in there. That's one mm -hmm. of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shortway, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, Mill, right. Mill Whistle and uh, Fishtown. They're both in Beaufort. Mm -hmm. um, we actually, we do craft beers, North Carolina craft beers at the Blue Room, uh, the Green Room and the uh, Black Sheep. And, uh, and it's, it's all the things you said, support local breweries. North Carolina's got great beer. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, um, we're incredibly lucky. We have so many great breweries here and, um, being in it, we, we just enjoy them being in a, a tourist town. A lot of people, they want to drink local. I mean, Absolutely. I know that's what I do when I go other places. I want, I want the local beer. Definitely. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's become very popular. So. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I um, I really, we have you know, Lowe's Food Grocers all over, and I really like how they have entire sections of their um, refrigerated tech, uh, beer selection and their uh, non-refrigerated, dedicated North Carolina beers. They offer deals on that. So I love to see it in mm -hmm. places, um, especially ones that come from the Midwestern North Carolina, Western North Carolina, that mm -hmm. you don't normally get to see out here. So when a restaurant has that, I like to try to jump yeah. on those. That's really cool you guys do that. Um, speaking of also more unique stuff, I know we have friends that are gluten-free, vegan, you know, various dietary restrictions. What have you guys been able to do with pizza, which is not always the most uh, gluten-free? There's some tough stuff for dietary. What have you guys been able to do to, for those type of customers? Well, I'll take that one because it, I am gluten-free. I have a whole bunch of food allergies that has resulted from a tick bite. So I can't eat meat, wheat, corn, soy. It, there's a large list of things that I'm allergic to. And the more that I started talking with our guests, the more I found out other people had these allergies or other people wanted that. And I'm like, wait a second, we can really help people to have something that's not a boring salad. You know, you can have pizza. We've um, partnered with Cheney Brothers and found a great um, gluten-free crust that is also vegan. So that hits two That's huge. major things that is really hard to find a. And so then we can, um, we have found um, a good substitute um, for the cheese. That's a, a I don't even want to call it vegan cheese, but that's what we call it. It's yeah. vegan cheese for lack of another term. And, um, and we're able to train our staff and our staff want to know, but we train our staff to know how to read the menu and help people and ask, Hey, does anybody have any food issues or allergies that I can help you navigate this menu and not just have a boring salad? Like you can have, you can, salads are great, but we have this great menu that you can, because we're a scratch kitchen, we can customize to allow you to have the best dining experience you can have. It's great that you do that and really smart that you guys do because so many other restaurants don't make it that easy. You know, my family owns Fuzzy Peach Frozen Yogurt Bar and we used to carry one dairy-free frozen yogurt or frozen dessert option. And over the last eight, nine years, going on almost 10 years now, we are up to at least three at almost all times, depending on, you know, with the current supply chain stuff, sometimes it's a little challenging, but 
generally we always have at least two. We shoot for three depending on that supply chain uh, status. And it's some of our top sellers. It's really incredible how many people are either by force, like your situation in, or by choice mm -hmm. that they want that different option. Um, and it's hard to find it in everywhere and places that are willing to accommodate and keep you safe, especially if it's something that's going to make you, it's not a choice. It's going to make you physically ill or worse. It's great that you guys are trained, you're training your staff and making them aware of those, those needs. Mm -hmm. um, was that, how long did it take you guys from when you opened to get to that point where you're like, we need to offer these type of things. Was it pretty soon after? Yeah. Well, it was yeah. within the first year. Yeah. That's great. It took us a little while longer to realize that. <laughs> it took us a little. We weren't as uh, aware of it, but um, we even found a really great pasta that we can do um, our gluten-free mac and cheese. So we haven't found a good dairy substitute, but we can do gluten-free mac and cheese, which is that's a game changer. That right is too. And I think as time goes, there's I say um, to people a lot is there's no better time to be a vegan or gluten-free. 10, even five, 10, 15, 20 years ago back, you're you're struggling to go out to eat. You're probably not going out to eat unless you're going to a place that only does that, which you probably have to go to a major city for that. You're not gonna find that in a coastal town like ours. Um, so for you guys to do that, it, it's not only smart, but it's great that you can come with a whole family in. If someone in there has a celiac or something like that, you can, you can make it work for them. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about, you spoke about your team. I had a firsthand experience with one of your servers, Megan, who was awesome. She was really patient with my kids. They were almost on good behavior that day. But tell me about a little bit about your staff. I know you're looking for help, but the staff that you do have, what has been their response to like how busy you guys are and the all the specialty items you have? Like there's a lot to remember. So how do you guys go about training staff and, and making sure they're providing customers a great experience? We have great managers who have come up from um, starting as uh, hosts and some have started in the back of the house and now there are managers and they know how to do everything to begin with because they've done, they've worked those positions. So they have empathy and compassion for the training and having everyone learn things right the first time. Um, and I think, I think it's a real, um, top down, uh, I'm in here working, Jeff's in here working, we're showing folks how, um, much passion we put into, um, what we're doing on a daily basis. And it really, um, reflects back on us, how good they're, all of our staff are doing, but we have, we have training checklists. We make sure that everyone is super comfortable before they go out on their own serving, that they know all the different things. But the most important thing, I think if, I, if I've instilled it correctly, the most important thing is to say, I don't know, let me get back to you. That's and important. not to fake an answer that our staff feel comfortable enough to say, let me find out. Yeah, I'll go ask, absolutely. Let me go find out for you. So the answer isn't an automatic no, it's, Sure. Let me go find yeah. out what's going on. No, but find a solution and, and don't mm -hmm. make up an answer because especially with the dietary thing, it could be extremely costly for right. that person. Yeah. It, I think because I have so many food allergies, I think people are clued in that it's a real deal. Like you could really uh, make me sick. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you're going to have to do my job. Absolutely. And you don't, <laughs> you don't have the time. For we it. don't have the time. For um, one of the other things that stood out to me is when Megan took our order, she did so using a tablet or, or device. And also when we were ready to pay, 
you know, she asked, she tried to upsell that dessert. That was, we were, we were full at that point, but <laughs> she did a good job trying to upsell it. Um, but she immediately was able to take our payment on, on the spot. She didn't walk away with my card, which always makes me mm -hmm. you know how, no matter how good a server is or how great a place is, it always makes me a little nervous to see my, my debit or credit card disappear for right. in some places, 15 minutes, but no, she took the payment right there, showed it to me on the screen. I was able to confirm all the menu items that we ordered. It all looked good. She, she took care of my payment right then and there. I was able to sign for it, apply the tip, um, all right then and there, which was, I have a four and a one-year-old. So for us to be able to, they were starting to wind down and they were having enough. So for us to be able to get out quickly was, was awesome. That's great. We really appreciate it. Was that technology integration part of a response to like some of the COVID stuff with the restrictions and, um, customer behavior that changed or was that something you guys had kind of got it into ahead of time? Uh, and looking around and then especially in Europe, um, they all had the, all the servers carried around um, an iPhone, uh, you know, like an iPhone type thing yeah. or, a, or a tablet. And um, <clears throat> it, it just made a lot of sense. You get to, the orders get to the kitchen faster. Yeah. They, um, Which helps that, the customer. Right. They're not like coming back, you know, writing it down, coming back, reordering it through a, uh, a terminal. And, um, but when, so we had that from, from the beginning. But with COVID, um, paperless, touching things less, um, uh, anything you could do, you know, to make you know that, that contact thing uh, easier, uh, and so taking payments at the um, at the table, uh, quick, easy, you know, no, you know, you don't, you don't have to touch your card. Yeah, you, know, you, you do tap to pay or have yeah, pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really it's great, but it's not taking it to the level of there's no human interaction. Right. It's sitting on the table for me to do myself. I don't get to interact with anyone, and it becomes solely about the food and how long it takes for you to get that food. I'm still getting that personal touch. I was still able to ask questions. I didn't have to flag anyone down. But it was that order was in right away. I know I I served in college. I used receipt paper or a little notebook paper and more times than I would like to count, I lost it or forgot to put an item in or ran to the second page and forgot to turn my piece of paper over because I was a college kid and what did I know? But you've eliminated all that. So you're gonna automatically provide a much better experience for, for everybody. It does, it does, it does have a much better experience for the guests because not only does the server take everything down, but then they read it back and make sure that everyone has that. And a lot of times somebody will be deciding between two things and they'll hear it back. Oh, no, 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 I actually well, I said that, but I want this. And it gives that chance to make that revision and it gives that extra, um, I don't know, touch point for- Providing great service. For providing great it service. It is, it really is. It makes a big difference. And I think that's probably gonna be the standard for most people in the restaurants that don't do it, will kind of start to fall behind a little bit. And the ones that do will be normal. Right now you're kind of leading the charge. In my experience, we don't go out a whole lot for sit down because we have two small children's, depending on their mood or how tired they are, it could be a really hit or miss experience. But mm -hmm. those little technology uh, pieces really help the process. So Black Sheep is a must try spot for everybody. There's something for everybody. Even if you're not in the mood for pizza, I highly recommend the pizza, but you guys do have a wide menu. But also the bodega has a lot of really cool little gifts in there, wine selection, beer selection, um, bags, 
wine accessories. And our snacks are all and friendly. So all of our snacks, everyone can eat, but even with my food allergies, I can eat them all as well. And a lot of those are unnoticed. We're also in North Carolina, uh, manufactured or, or, um, brought in from different parts yeah. of the state. So that's awesome. So you guys are really embracing North Carolina and that's great from a local business. And then the green room, is that a space people can rent out for private events or is it only for public right now? They can definitely rent it out for private events. Um, during the summer, we're going to try to limit or not have as much during the summer. It'll be our first summer open. So I'd really kind of like to see what it does, but this fall and um, in the spring, it was wonderful there were so many um uh, rehearsal dinners that we had so many gatherings where people could actually be together with one another um and they haven't seen each other for so long yeah. it was heartwarming to be able to be in that space with all of these families it was really it was a great experience and you can't beat the view i mean it has huge windows that it just it's it's gorgeous mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your bar top i know i walked in for just a moment immediately recognized the work that was done tell me about your uh, bar top Okay, uh, Bar Top came from um, a young lady in Moorhead that uh, she started her own business, a little entrepreneur young lady. Um, it was in, um, I, I noticed her work at the uh, farmer's market and uh, she does uh, seascapes or beachscapes. Uh, with resin, different color resins, and it makes it look like breaking waves and uh, water receding uh, back uh, off the beach. Anyway, it's very cool. And um, I had this giant bar, and I asked her if she ever did it, if she ever done a bar before, and she just lit up. <laughs> she said, I've always wanted to do a bar. And uh, we, uh, we got her in there. She uh, It took about a week. To get uh, to go through all the coats and the drying and everything, and um, it turned out great. It, it looks great. It's a conversation piece. There's been a thousand Instagram pictures of someone's um, uh, drink. It looks like they're sitting on the uh, beach. That's awesome. And um, uh, but uh, we've been real happy with that. Uh, she's uh, Grace Bell. She does really yeah. good work. If and, you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend you get on Instagram. Follow mm -hmm. Grace Bell. She has. I think um, now that I kind of made the connection, she did a pretty extensive video montage of putting it together. So you can kind of see the start to finish of it. Now that I was actually in there, I made the connection. I didn't realize where the establishment was at the time. But yeah, she does a lot of really cool work. It looks great. And mm -hmm. I can definitely um, see my drink looking really good there. Mm -hmm. um, so you guys have a lot going on, different businesses. I appreciate you guys taking the time. So we'll wrap up here. One thing, anybody out? Need a job. We are looking. <laughs> we and every other restaurant's looking. Um, high school kids, college kids, summer. Um, it's uh, it's good money. It's a good place, a good family uh, to join. And uh, come see us if you need a job. That's Who nice. should they come see if they're looking for a job at the uh, Black Sheep? They can talk to anyone, any one of the servers, any one of the bussers, any one of the dishwashers, anybody who works here will be happy to show them where the applications are. A lot of overworked staff right now for you guys. Yeah, so, yeah. but we, our staff is our shining star. I, I can't say a good enough good things about our staff. I love who we have working for us right now. 
I want to hug each and every one of them because they put their heart into every single shift that they work and it's apparent. Yeah. It's hard to find people that will take pride in coming to work and doing all the little things that you've asked them to do because you know it makes a difference and then getting them to see how those little things make a difference. It's hard to find people willing to do that. So congratulations to all the people that are currently working here. If you're looking for a fun job with a great view, good people, good food, come on over. The last question I have for you guys is of all three businesses, what's something you want, just want people to know that maybe isn't the most obvious or um, about the business or the work that goes into it or something that makes it unique that we haven't touched on? What's something that you just wish people would know uh, before they walk in the door? We are people motivated. We, um, our, uh, our main motivation and everything is to have happy people come in and leave and, uh, and uh, hopefully leave happier than they were. We, I can't say that we haven't dropped the ball. Um, and I think every business will stumble, but, uh, but our main focus and we try to drive it into our, uh, our employees. It's like, you know, what will make the customer happiest? That's the route we go. So it's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Really cool stuff. And uh, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. That's great. All right, everyone. That's the first episode down. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. It really makes a difference in helping us reach more and more people and spreading the word about all the great Crystal Coast businesses. Uh, make sure you give Black Sheep, The Green Room, and The Bodega a visit. Tell them the Crystal Coast podcast sent you, and we'll be back real soon with another episode. I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much.